Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my friend Jessica Buchanan. Jessica is a mom-to-be. Her husband is a dentist, and they have an awesome Amazon business. So Jessica is very well organized. She has a, a routine for every week. She's got weekly goals, and I just love how it's all laid out, how she looks at her what she's doing. She said her husband helps her out with this and provides that accountability for her. But of what is the most important thing in their business? What are the most important things in their business? And getting those done early in the week. She has a goal to get 14 new replans a week, which is amazing. I love that. 56 a month is her goal. And uh, she's always testing new replans out. But she's a coach. She has 20 coaching students. Uh, we talked about liquidation. We talked about having um, getting an LLC uh, right at the beginning. Not that it's needed, but that just helped her with her mindset of that. This is a business. I'm doing this. I'm going at it uh, full time. Uh, and get this, within the first four to five months of her business, she was able to replace her former job income, which is incredible. So tons of awesome tips. We talked about the profit percentages she's looking for, uh, the um, the profit amount. We just talked about how she does, how she's able to been able, have, having to pivot from doing a lot of retail arbitrage that she loves or over into 100% online arbitrage and what that took to do that. She's got some VA. She's got a team that does her prep and ship for got an awesome business and uh, just love this interview. Here it is. Jessica, welcome to Streams of Income. Nice. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. And I, I just love everything that you're doing and you, congrats on being on Jim's podcast. We're talking about Jim's Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast, which is huge. He gets it's crazy how many downloads he gets, and he's all over the world with that ep- with that podcast. So, so crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. Yeah. So tell me about, just tell me your story. I love hearing people's stories. It's super fun just to go backwards to how you got started and how, you, wh- how you're doing what you're doing. Sure, absolutely. So um, I came out of college with a political science degree oh, and a too. public relations degree. Yeah. I was like, well, now what, what am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I actually ended up working at a marketing agency out of college for a couple of years and loved it. I loved, I was mostly doing client relationships and project management. And so I really mm-hmm. loved that, um, but was feeling ultimately full-time ministry. And so um, I was super invested in a local church where I lived and they were hiring. So that worked. And so they brought me on staff as a children's ministry team member. And, Uh you know, that shifted over to children's ministry director to, I would say, associate pastor, you know, maybe that's self-titled associate pastor, but just running a lot of things and managing a lot of things. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, And I still may go back to ministry at some point in a professional capacity, but I did that for seven years. And at the end of that, timeline, we actually moved from Florida to North Carolina. And in that season of transition, it was just a great time for me to assess, like, what do I want to do? How do I want to spend my time? What are our goals as a family? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of those goals was figuring out how to have more time margin. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really hard to work on the weekends, you know, even though my primary responsibility was only on Sunday, there was a lot of prep Saturday, communicating with volunteers and getting everything set up. And so, 
you know, it was just a great time for us to assess what mattered most to us and our time and, um, and how we wanted to spend our time. And so I started looking at jobs that had greater flexibility, uh-huh. either they were remote or I could pick my own hours. And so uh-huh. I just started exploring and I honestly applied for lots of random jobs out yeah. there, just trying to see what felt like a good fit. And in that process, I had a friend who was, he was starting up his own e-commerce business, primarily selling on Amazon. And he called me and he was like, Hey, I'm learning about this. I'm doing this. You should check it out. I think you would really enjoy it and be really good at it. And so he sort of introduced the idea of selling Uh on Amazon to me. And, um, so that's how it got started. Wow. How did, how do you, did, did you, was that, did he introduce you to Jim's community or is it something else that you found? He did. He primarily Uh introduced me to Jim's podcast. He was like, he honestly, he like gave me some homework. He was like, go listen to five podcasts and then call me back. (laughs) You know, like before we invest and figure out, you know, what really came alongside me and helped develop me in those first few months because he had been a season ahead. And so, um, so I started listening to the podcast and then plugged into Jim's Facebook group, but a couple other Facebook groups too, just to Mm -hmm. learn what was out there, watching things on YouTube and just trying to get my feet wet learning. That's awesome. What does it, what's, what does the first few months of your Amazon business look like? What did, how'd you get started? So for me, I'm, I love to live in structure and super Uh organized. So like, I definitely charted a path of, of really setting up the business entities uh-huh. and, and trying to get it as organized as I could before I started. And so okay. even though I don't think you have to do all those steps mm-hmm. before you start selling on Amazon, I did. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and set up my LLC and, and got all those things lined up, um, set up my bank account, my credit cards, mm-hmm. all of that. And then um, we honestly just started scanning things around our house just yes. to see, like, you know, to get familiar with the app and trying to figure out ROI and profitability and, um, yeah. It was just helpful for us to to play at home and figure out like what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. So we started doing that. And then probably the next month, I spent a lot of time at Dollar Tree, okay. <laughs> you know, because it like felt like this safe zone of like, well, yes. I'm not going to spend too much. Like right. if I lose $30 because I bought 30 items, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just felt like a safe introduction. So, yeah. you know, started at Dollar Tree and then just started doing more and more primarily retail arbitrage out okay. of the gate, going to Walmart, going to lots of big box stores, local um, grocery stores. And then we have a lot of local liquidation stores and those were a great place for me to learn because their prices were so low, but they were getting quality product. It was just things that Walmart or target hadn't sold. And so, um, Mm. that was a great place for me to start. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to liquidation because that's not something I talk a lot about on this podcast. It's something I used to do a lot of, but, um, you started an LLC right at the beginning. Do you feel like there's, um, and you say you have 20 coaching students now, and then you're teaching them the same type of stuff. Do you feel like that um, there's a mindset shift when you say, I'm going to do an LLC, I'm going to do a bank account, I'm taking a, do a credit card in the business name, where you take it more seriously than I'm going to try this? I mean, like you said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to create an LLC to begin with, but um, it sounds like you were serious about this from the beginning. This wasn't something you were just testing out. Yeah, I think it does change your mindset. I think there is truth to that. And, um, and just like mentally how you think about it and how you process it is different for Uh me. 
I was in a very unique position as well because I, I didn't have to work at another job simultaneously. I uh-huh. we had saved a little bit, had a little bit of margin to sort of give me some runway mm-hmm. to figure this out. And that also really helped my mindset, I think, because yeah. it wasn't like, well, this is a part-time hustle. Like, no, I was out of the gate trying to replace my income. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I could not do that immediately, you know, sure. that took several months. Yeah. Of work and reinvesting in the business, that was really like my goal. And so I think, yeah, I think definitely having that business structure in place combined with the fact that I I really had my first goal was to replace my income Mm -hmm. really helped me um, take it seriously. Yeah. How long did it take you to replace your children's pastor income? Um, that's a great question. So we started in August of 2019 and we reinvested through the end of that year. So from August to December, everything we made, we poured back into the business to Mm -hmm. increase our, really our inventory buys week over week. Um, and then by the next year I was able to, you know, 2020, I paid myself a little bit over what I was making. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So like four months, five months, maybe that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I love that. Yeah, man. I had a lot of help from my husband. I do have to say, oh yeah, of course. Working a full-time job, but he was helping me source on the weekends. We would sit on the couch in our pajamas online and, um, uh, and then he would help me prep and pack too. So yeah. I had a lot of support, which was really great. That's awesome. Do you, um, is that a goal for their, a lot of your coaching students to replace their, their full-time job income? Yeah. I would say that's 90% of their goals. Yeah. You know, they're looking to work. And so if they could replace their income or get really close to that, it yeah. would allow them to get to a place where they could at least quit their job and then mm-hmm. business quickly yeah. um, in a few months. Do you have a plan? Like if I was one of your coaching students and I said, I needed to replace $5,000 a month, do you have like a a path you take them through? So can you kind of describe that? Like if I was your student and I wanted to make five grand a month and I'm I'm just starting on Amazon, give me an idea of what would be, I mean, I know you probably could break out a spreadsheet and all that, um, but like, what, what um, (laughs) what does that even look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So one, I would create two different paths for you. I would create one trajectory based on six months and one trajectory based on 12 months. And that really allows my students the flexibility to say, how much capital and investment do I have right now? And can, is it really feasible or doable for me to get there in six Because, you know, some, sometimes we just don't have the savings and that's okay. Right. And so it's just better to walk in with those set expectations that it's going to take a little bit longer to get there. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, I create a path for them to figure out if you wanted to replace your income in, in of $5,000 in six months. I mean, we start with $500 a week, but we would need to increase that budget month over month over those six months to get to a place. And some of that is going to be reinvested cap from your sales, but it also might require a little bit more investment month over month, just depending on what your ROI is and how your sales are going. Mm. So you would suggest if I wanted to make five grand in six months profit, I would need to start with about $2,000 for the first month. That would be wonderful if that was possible. And then the more important thing is really time because ultimately you're going to need time invested to find those products with that profitability. And the more time that you have, 
the more you can spend finding more profitable products. You know, if you only have an hour, then we might be finding products that are less profitable. But if you have five hours, then you can have, you have a lot more opportunity to, you know, leave some of those lower thresholds behind and look for more profitable products. Mm, That's awesome. So some of it is a time factor as well. Yeah. Wow. I love it. By the way, that'd be a valuable resource. If you ever have your own course or whatever, that would be an awesome lead magnet. Like, you know, you're the path forward to hit your goals. Like, cause it's easy to say, I want to make 5,000 a month, a thousand a month, 10,000 a month, but what do I practically need to do that? That usually um, evades a lot of people. Like, I don't know how to, how to actually make that happen. Um, And it really comes down to how much you spend. Uh, It's going to have that budget. Absolutely. So that's awesome. And yeah. can you do it the opposite way? If somebody says, um, I have $500 to spend, um, may, I may not, you know, be able to get to $5,000 a month in six months, but re- reinvesting that you can put it into a spreadsheet and show me where I could be potentially in six months from now. Absolutely. Yeah. That's either awesome. Way. You could do either one. So, wow. That's yeah, cool. Really helpful. I love it. So tell me about liquidation. So that's something I used to do. We um, would um, went to an auction place in Indianapolis. Um, I'm from Dallas area, but you originally from Indianapolis and um, the Indianapolis area. And there was a, a liquidation place we used to buy from. And I just remember having to be very careful. There was a lot of damage stuff. Um, we'd have to be careful. Now, now you'd have to be even more careful with IP complaints. So walk me through what liquidation looks like. And do you feel like that's still a, a viable business model? I definitely think it is. You know, I think a lot of it depends on where you live and Mm -hmm. what you have accessibility to. But for us, I mean, like I said, for the really, (laughs) I still go to some liquidation stores because there's just some that are so good that I can't not go. Um, But really at the beginning, it was a great place for us to get started. So we had about, really, we had about six, what I would call liquidation stores near us or overstock stores. Okay. So these were people who were going to the auctions, bringing it back to our Mm -hmm. town and then reselling it. So I wasn't even getting it at auction price. I was getting it a little marked up for what they wanted to make. Yes. Um, And they had things from, I mean, Sam's club, like Kirkland brand things, anything Mm -hmm. like that to Walmart, to target, like all of targets, um, pillow fort cloud island baby kid stuff you could tell looking at the packaging where they were picking up their liquidation from um and so we would go to those and i mean they we just had a great experience we got to know the managers at several Uh of them they would always give us bulk discounts because we would go in with like six sharp shopping carts that's awesome um, (laughs) to get stuff um and it was great you know i pretty much avoided grocery at those places mostly because they were either so close to expiring or already expired um and beauty i had to be pretty cautious of lot numbers and expiration dates yeah but i mean in terms of toys decor, small appliances, kitchen stuff. We did great. Um, yeah. And, and it, I mean, the ROI is crazy because it we up cases of diapers for dollars and uh-huh. resell them if they were like special, hard to find overnight, mm-hmm. you know, specialty diapers, we could resell them for $40. Like, <laughs> This crazy ROI. So, yeah, these aren't. We're not talking about replens, though, are you? Because you you would yeah. go there and find you if you came in on a Monday and then came back the next Monday, it'd be completely different stuff. 
Totally. But a few of the managers, I mean, they really knew what we were looking for. And uh-huh. so oftentimes if they had multiple liquidation stores and I found something that was just really great for us, uh-huh. they would get them from their other stores That's and bring awesome. them to our store to pick up, which was really helpful. So wow. it could turn into like a little replen for a three month, four month period yeah. while they got all their stock over to our store, but um, not a long-term replen. Yeah. Are you still doing liquidations at all? A little bit. So I uh-huh. still go to the two stores closest to us. Um, okay. So I'm expecting in August. And Yay, congratulations. That, thank you. In that season, we've really transitioned to try to prepare to have greater flexibility from yeah. really half and half RA retail arbitrage, 50%, 50% online arbitrage to 100% online arbitrage this yes. year. So I'm you know, it's very weird for me to not be out shopping for 12 or 14 hours a day because I yeah. love it so much. But I think in the long term, it's going to be really helpful for me to be able to just have stability. So that's something we've done in the last three or four months is totally okay. shifted to 100% away. But wow. I won't say that I don't still scoot over to that liquidation right? for <laughs> a couple times a month. <laughs> that's awesome. Has that been hard? Has that pivot been hard to go? I mean, not, I mean, obviously hard on you because you enjoy the stores, but talk about the actual yeah. um, process of making a change to all online arbitrage. It's been a mind shift change for me. I think I was just really good at retail arbitrage. And so one, like living in your strength and Mm -hmm. um, just feeling really positive about that. I mean, I could go to find new replants every time. It wasn't like a stretch for me. And I don't say that to brag that months and months, but you get better at it. You hone those skills. Oh, sure. Um, And so, you know, to then switch to online arbitrage, which honestly, I just didn't feel as adept, like as strong in. Yeah, I had to really like mentally be positive that I could do it. I could learn new strategies. I could try new, you know, strategies to find online replens. So part of it was a huge mindset mindset yeah. thing to just I can do this even though it's yeah. different. Um, and then you know, part of it 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 really has expanded our sources because mm-hmm. you can buy things from anywhere. You know, there's right. thousands of online retailers probably Mm -hmm. more than that, tens of thousands of online retailers. And so, um, you know, that has been, I think, just a good shift for us in terms of diversification so that Mm -hmm. if something were to happen to one of our retail arbitrage sources, it would have really hurt our business overall. And so now that we're Mm -hmm. spread out between a lot more sources, if one falls off, it's really not that big of a deal. So um, that's been really great. And then I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I would say the other part of that is that we've hired a bunch of VAs, which has been a game changer. Yes. So, because I can't, it's harder to hire someone to go in and shop for you in store, um, to teach them how to source in store and um, Mm -hmm. pay them at a reasonable rate here in the US and and really equip them well to do that and have success doing that. And so to be able to lean on virtual assistants who can work from home or work from anywhere and um, source new product has been huge. That's awesome. Okay. So without virtual assistance, walk me through, like if you, if you and I were going to do an online sourcing, online arbitrage over the shoulder, you're going to share your screen. Obviously we won't do that here, but um, what, just walk me through what you would do. Cause there's so many different ways to do it. What's one of your best go-to or just a tip that you would give us on where am I starting with Amazon? Are you going to start with the store? Are you going to start with the tool like keep and do the data tab, like Brian Olson teaches or what? All of it. Uh-huh. All of <laughs> it's it. It's all so good. Um, yeah. I really like to switch strategies, even myself, just because I get bored doing the same thing over 
again. So, you know, I love going to a cashback website like okay. Top Cashback or freeshipping.com uh-huh. and just looking for a website I've never heard of before because a lot yeah. of those niche websites have a ton of gold and you just, you're not going to find it. Honestly, their SEO isn't as great. You know, they can't right. compete with some of those big box retailers in, in uh-huh. terms of searches. Um, so I like to go find a niche website and then just reverse source. So okay. I'll open up Amazon and see what can I find? What can I find that this online retailer is selling that maybe I've never heard of, never seen, yeah. um, and just reverse source on amazon.com. So I love doing that. You source with the, um, the name of the store or the name of the brands that you see in the store. Typically the name of the brands that I see in the store. Um, okay. that's typically more yeah. successful. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if it doesn't have a brand, it's going to be hard to source. So I might just even skip over those things that I'm like, yeah. I can't figure out the manufacturer who makes this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great. I love using keep a product finder, like Brian Olson teaches. Uh-huh. I think that that is really helpful. And, you know, there's so many different filters that you can use to narrow oh, yeah. down what matters to you. But for mm-hmm. me getting that buy box cost to, you know, we're always striving for an average selling price that is pushing our threshold. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we're right now averaging 25 or $30 a sale, I'm pushing for 40, you know, because yeah. the less that we have to prep and pack for the same amount of profit is a yes. win. So when I'm using keep a product finder, I really like to play with those buy box price minimums to get mm-hmm. them somewhere that's helping us really reach. Yeah. Um, because That's going to encourage me to source in a different way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm your VA now. What are you, what is your parameters for me to source for you? What are you looking for with return on investment, profit amount per item and all that? That's a great question. Um, and I'll tell you, we honestly like variety. So all of my VAs have a little bit of different, (laughs) a little bit of different parameters and, um, I want them to be successful and find success. So we tend to start somewhere and then increase them over time. Mm -hmm would be, gosh, it would be wonderful if we could make $8 profit on an item as a minimum and 40, 45% ROI is wonderful for us. But you will accept deals from them that are a lot less as, especially if they're getting started. Absolutely. Will you still buy those deals? If I found something for you, that's a 30% ROI and $3 profit, are you still going to buy that? That's a great question. Um, so we have profit minimums based on how long it takes our team to prep an item. Oh, nice. So it depends on how easy it is to prep. Um, yeah. if, if all we have to do is put an F and SKU sticker on an item, uh, I'm happy to make $3 all day long because yeah. my team can prep hundreds of those an yes. hour. Um, if it's a, a fragile item or a bundle that's going to require, maybe it's a bundle of liquids. And so we're going to have to do a lot to make sure those liquids no. don't leak <laughs> in shipping. I want to make at least $7. Yeah. So we have. You know that. That's awesome that you know that. And also that you're flexible because a lot of, I'm sure you see this because you have coaching students, they get all stressed out of like, oh, it's not exactly 30% ROI. So it's 29.4. So nope, not a good deal. Um, right. Just relax. Like, I mean, it's. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many ways to do this. And and if you have a prep center, that'd that'd be something else you'd have to think about. You'd have that cost that would probably make you be a little bit more strict. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, these items that get a free ride to Amazon that are small and light, you can just, you know, so so what if I make 50 cents on that item? Right, absolutely. Um, It didn't cost anything to send it. Moving, you know, you can get 40 of those moving a day. Who cares? (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Wow. Okay. So I heard that you're pretty detailed, um, organized, disciplined, and you have a routine. So walk me through what your routine looks like. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is, it's always changing. Um, honestly, I have to brag on my husband again. He's a great evaluator and I'm not. So he's just like constantly asking me like, what can we do better? You know, what areas can we grow in? He's just really good at that. Yeah. So, um, which is great. Cause it's not my strength. Really. Um, so I have a weekly goal sheet. And so my, you know, I start my week on Mondays and I know exactly what I'm going to do on Monday because that's what my weekly goal sheet says. Um, and so I have that and I just print it out every Monday. And so I have really specifically assigned tasks Monday through Friday. So right now this is a full-time job for me. You know, I work 40 hours a week or more or less just, you know, depending on the week. So, um, I spend a lot of time in the business. And one thing that really like in the last two or three months, you know, we've been getting better at is bringing our focus to the things that make us money. Mm. And so when I've been assessing that weekly goal sheet and what needs to change about it and how can we make it better? It's so easy as a business owner to get distracted. Like you could always make your accounting look prettier, more organized. You could always reorganize your poly bags in a way that (laughs) would be really beautiful. (laughs) You know, there's always things like that, that you could do, but are those things making you money? No. No. So I like, I can get really distracted by all of those things. So I really started thinking about what are the most important things in my week that make me money? And I'm going to get those things done first. So you know, on Mondays, I buy all my replens. Okay. So I hop on my computer, I make my weekly shopping list and I purchase because that's easy. Like that's money that's just waiting to be made. I've already done the research. I know what's worth. know how many I need to buy. So every Monday I buy replens. And you can have a VA do that for if you wanted to. Yes, I should. I need to do that. (laughs) I need to outsource that. It's time. Um, so that's my first thing. My second thing is I have a weekly goal for how many replens I'm going to find. Um, so right now I'm trying to find 56 replens a month, which I think comes out to 14 replens a week. And that's just on my own. So again, my, my VAs are finding replens. Um, we're on some leads lists that I use to help me find more leads, Uh but, but I'm ultimately, I want to find on my own 14 replens a week. So that's the second thing that I do. And then once I've done that, I have a shopping goal or an inventory purchasing goal that I'm trying to hit every week. So at that point, whatever difference I need to make up between replens, buying new and old, um, I'm I'm out to purchase clearance and sale items to make yeah. up that difference. I love it. And you're not you have a team that preps for you, so you don't really have to touch that if you don't want to. Yes, which is amazing. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Prep and ship was, you know, something we did for a long time in a really small space. We ended up mm-hmm. purchasing a home that would allow us to um, utilize the basement as our prep and ship space. So our whole basement is dedicated to the business and it has a little separate entrance. So my team oh, can just cool. come and go and they're amazing and they do tons of prep and ship. Which yeah. Is- How'd you find your team members? Yeah. So um, online, mostly on Facebook, putting okay. Facebook ads out there. Um, we did indeed for a while and that was helpful. Um, mm-hmm. it was hard in the transition of moving, you know, yeah, cause you didn't I know didn't, anybody. I didn't know anybody. And I didn't know, like, you know, it was just hard to find good, great team members. And mm-hmm. so we have finally found that, but it does take time to find yeah. the right people and bring yeah. them and get them in the right seat on the bus. But we have a phenomenal team <laughs> now. And I, that is one of the best parts of what, I do now because I am such a people person. So 
getting to have a team of people and not being as siloed, feeling like you're doing this independently has been really great for me. Yeah. Are they there right now working for you? They are. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. Oh yeah. So we're getting out a shipment today, which is great. Wow. Now when they're working, are you all, you hanging out down there with them doing other Amazon stuff? Okay. Yeah. My office is right off of their main area. And so I, you know, my door's open and I'm hanging with them. We're chatting about what we're watching on Netflix. And oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's great. All right, you said 14 replens a week is your goal. To some people, that'd be like, man, I'd like to just have 14 replens, period. Um, help me understand. Uh, I mean, I know it's just because you've done this for so long, you get better at it. It's practice just like anything else. But um, if, you know, I'm I'm brand new, tell me how to, how to, how to find that many replens. I mean, Number one, how do I find my first one? And then after that, what's your trick for, you know, finding so many in a week? The fact that you can do that, like that's just will blow people's minds listening to this. Sure. So, you know, for me at this point, not necessarily the first time, but once you get into it a little bit, it's really Mm -hmm. repeating what works, you know, so you find a niche, you find a brand, you find, Mm -hmm. um, a source that just really works. And you just, you source that as as far as you can, as deep as you can, um, because there's so many multi-packs, variety packs, bundles out there that, you know, you can find one bag of dog treats, but there might be 15 different listings of it combined with something else. So really, I think going deep when you find something that's working is Mm. a really big piece of that. Um, Other tricks, you know, reverse sourcing by brand is really helpful Mm -hmm. um, in a similar vein, just because what works can continue to work, but um, it can just help you if you know who sells that brand specifically, Mm -hmm. it can help you hone in on where to source it from. So, you know, we know that Walmart sells mainstays products. So if you Mm -hmm. find a mainstays shower curtain, will you, all that, all that research of trying to Google where to find it is done. You know that you can find it it at Walmart. And so it takes some of the guesswork out of it. Totally does. Wow. I love that. And you just build up your confidence over time. You didn't start there. Did you? You No. Yeah. And there are some weeks I don't find 14. So, you know, there are some weeks that are harder than others. And then there's some mornings that I have that I'm just knocking it out. And yeah. so it really, it can be hit or miss. And, and that sure. is my encouragement to people is just don't give up, especially when you're yeah. starting out, because it can feel like, gosh, this is a lost cause. I've been looking for hours. I haven't found anything. We've all been there and we're all oh, yeah. still there. I have weeks yeah. like that. So um, that's just, it is part of it. And the more that you look, the more that you will find. Yeah. So when you find a new replant to test, how many are you buying of that product? When we started out, I was comfortable buying four to six. I'm, you know, now that we're a little bit more in it, I probably buy more like eight to 10. Okay. Um, yeah. As long as the sales are there and, and, and looking at Keepa, I feel confident that we can have eight to mm-hmm. 10 sales a month. I would never okay. go over whatever I felt like I could move a month. Mm-hmm. That's good. Eight to 10. And how often, man, this might just be, a, you have to know the exact answer. Maybe you do this. You're so detailed, but like how many, how long are your, your replants typically good for? How long are you, um, I mean, is there, you have an average like that your replants last for a certain number of weeks, months, years? That's a great question. I will tell you that I feel like my attrition has gone up the last uh-huh. year. So I'm finding that in the last 12 months, our things are falling off sooner than maybe they were uh-huh. falling off before. And that might just be what we're sourcing more of these uh-huh. days. Uh-huh. Um, but I would say on average, a replan will last anywhere from six to nine months. That's um, awesome. But 
we have some that we've been selling since day one. Yeah. And those are there, you know, there's not a lot of those, but there are things yeah. that we still buy that we have sold this whole time. That's so cool. Do you go back to the ones that kind of fall off and check them in a few months to see if they're yeah. good again? Do you have a, yeah. a system for that? Um, not, not a really strong system. Okay. No. okay. <laughs> not if we're being honest, I will yeah. tell you one thing. We do a lot of seasonal replens. Okay. So, but those are pretty easy to track because you can sort by the date that you purchase them. So, you know, yeah. in August I was purchasing a bunch of Halloween stuff. So I can yeah. go and look at all my August items, pull a quick Halloween list and go ahead and pick up all those seasonal replens. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. So would you uh, recommend for people that want to be more organized like that, set up your days like that you like this day is dedicated to this, this day is dedicated to this, or at least the most important things in your business, get those, knock those out in the first couple of days of the week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And however you can hold yourself accountable to those goals, you know, mm-hmm. I've mentioned my husband several times. He's so great and he's really good at accountability. Like we would keep for like the longest time, maybe for our first two years, we would keep a thermometer on the fridge uh-huh. of my weekly shopping goal. So That's I would awesome. come home and like color in how much I had purchased that day <laughs> um, until the thermometer was all the way filled up, which sounds so silly, That's but it awesome. was an easy way to celebrate, yeah. an easy way to be accountable to that. And yeah. then it was like a public within our family you know, this is something that's important to us. So that's so cool. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're uh, down at your goal, he can say, get back down in the basement and get to work. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be shopping on Saturday. That's right. I'll take you to Waffle House beforehand. <laughs> oh that's so cool. I know he's a dentist, right? Yes. So how does he, um, I mean, how does, does he have time at all to help you much other than just um, work? Yeah, no, he totally has time. Uh-huh. Um, he definitely helps more with big picture dreaming at this point. That's cool. Um, prior to really before we hired a prep impact team, uh-huh. he was very involved with prep impact and sourcing. Yeah. Um, and really he was furloughed during COVID because, yeah. you know, even dentist offices had to shut down to a certain extent and yes. we're only providing emergency care for patients. And so, you know, during that time he was home almost full time. So he wow. was like my full time employee that I didn't pay. <laughs> And, but when he went back to work, it was the perfect opportunity for me to hire someone because basically we had created a need and were Uh able to grow during that time. So that when he went back to work, we were ready to bring on, we brought on two employees at at one time because we were, we were ready. I waited too long, probably. That's so cool. Um, do you guys have a certain niche that you, that you found that yours, your main thing? Um, yeah, (laughs) no, we love to sell in so many categories. Um, so we still sell, you know, grocery, health and beauty, uh-huh. household items, small appliances, computers, electronics. Um, we will really sell anything as long as it's profitable. Yeah. And I feel like I can prep it in a great way to get it to the customer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's good. I tell my coaching students, I think that diversification again is really important because if something happens to one of your streams, you know, of income by category, it's not going to affect you. You know, there have been seasons where Amazon has said, okay, we don't want you to send in toys or, okay, we're going to buckle down on vitamins and supplements. And it hasn't been a really a major deal because we're spread out amongst. Yeah. You're so diversified. Yeah. Wow. All right. So you deal with a lot of coaching students. You said that are brand new to this. Give me some advice. If I'm brand new, like talk to the person that's, um, just need some encouragement. That's just starting this out that wants to be where you guys are. Yeah. Just don't give up because there will be hard days, you know, oh, yeah. 
there, I think I, I've told this story before, but we, for the longest time, we were taking our shipments into our local UPS store just to mm-hmm. save a little bit of money. And, mm-hmm. um, they weren't, they weren't going to offer me free pickups. So I was just taking them in manually. And, um, <laughs> one day the UPS manager looked at me and he was like, we see a lot of people do this for a week, a month, a couple of months. You've been coming in here twice a week for two years, dropping yeah. off your shipments. And it like blew his mind. Um, so I think that's part of it. It's just knowing that like, it's a process. There's a learning yeah. curve. It's going to take you some time to develop those skills. Just don't give up and stick with it yeah. and it'll pay off. Mm, that's so good. Gosh. Yeah. What do you, uh, last question. What do you see like, um, amongst your coaching students, any tips you have that you could say, like they all deal with this or, um, um, something that you could just help the new people besides, besides not giving up, what are some of the the things you see amongst those new people that you're coaching all the time that help everybody else? I think increasing your average selling price. I think that's a really big game changer. You know, we all start somewhere like I did with Dollar Tree. We all All start somewhere that makes us comfortable Mm -hmm. and um, doesn't feel like too big of a jump. But the the more that you can get out of your comfort zone and spend a little Mm -hmm. bit more money on a product, invest a little bit more, like trust that you have confidence and you understand Keepa and you know what's going to sell and what's not going to sell so that you can buy some of those higher ticket items. That's just going to skyrocket your business. It was a game changer for, for us. Um, because we were able to just do such a greater scale Mm -hmm. when we increased our average selling price or average buy cost per item, however you want to look at it. So I think that that can be really helpful a few months into it. Cool. Do you have 20 coaching students? You need need any more? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I really love it. It's one of the best things that I send some people your way then. (laughs) I love it. I love helping people. Um, you know, we all have dreams. We all have goals for yeah. us. We were ready to have a kid. And so, you know, this was a way for us to make that happen, you know, for us to have more financial margin in our life. And so yeah. anyone who has a goal and they need some financial stability, some financial yeah. margin to get there. I love helping people figure out how to make that happen. Cool. Thanks for what you do. Obviously you're a blessing. If they keep sending, if you've got 20 coaching students, you're doing something right. So <laughs> super fun. Can I say one other thing? Of course, anything you want. The only other thing I'll say is just um, embrace community wherever you can and reach out to people. You know, some of my students are so nervous to message someone on Facebook. I'm like, just do it. They need more than you know. Like, it's never going to hurt to send, like, just reach out, send a message, ask for help, because that has been another really big game changer for us is just knowing that there's people who are doing this with us that we can ask questions of that, you know, that we can go to when we're struggling with something and and they understand the business and can help us navigate those things. You're not doing it alone. You got a community behind you. That's awesome. Good. I'll put a link for the, my silent team community in there too. So awesome. Thank you, Jessica. This has been super fun getting yeah. to know you and hearing your story. Congrats on your success and your upcoming little baby. That's so much fun. It's going to change your, that'll be a game changer. It will be. I, I don't think we're ready, but I've heard that there's no way to get ready. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye everyone. See you next week.